Jason Fury. Yes. Did you know that Book of Boba Fett takes place five years after Return of the Jedi? Um, when Boba Fett first appeared, he was a 10-year-old played by Daniel Logan in 2002's Attack of the Clones. Uh, in that movie, he is revealed to be an unaltered clone of his father, played by actor Tamora Morrison. So it makes sense that in Book of Boba Fett, Tamora Morrison plays adult Boba Fett, continuing the role he began in The Mandalorian. Uh, Book of Boba Fett <laughs> takes place 31 years after Attack of the Clones, <laughs> making Boba Fett 41 years old, which is the same age that actor Tamora Morrison was when he first played Django in Attack of the Clones. So he's playing a 41-year-old? He's playing a 41-year-old. Now what about, like, light-speed travel, going to different planets? Like, is time... Time could be a little bit uh, modified or, or skewed. He could have gone on some but... adventures that, like, slowed the, his aging a little bit. Because he's 60-something. I, th I think he's, like, 61. I think it's more like Sarlacc time that we can attribute to his... To the acids... And the, Which apparently just takes away your eyebrows, and then you go in a boxer tank, and you get your eyebrows back. And you, you, you get your <laughs> eyebrows back. But there might have been a little bit of snacking inside of the Sarlacc pit. Um, snacking? Little weight gained, perhaps. Yeah, what was he eating? Like, I understand the armor protected him from the acid, and it, it kind of still seeped through. But, like, what was he eating? I don't... Uh, I was just... I was just commenting, taking the easy comment about uh, Tamora Morrison being a slightly heftier man than uh, he was uh, before. I shared a picture of you and I from 14 years ago, and I think you and I have also been in a Sarlacc pit. I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, what's our excuse? Sar snacking in the Sarlacc. Like, he was snacking in a Sarlacc pit. I just couldn't control myself at the grocery store. I don't know that we, ha I don't know that we have a valid excuse. I just... I know exactly... I just eat... I eat so much ice cream. Sometimes I, th I think about it, and I'm like... Sometimes I convince myself. Usually if I'm under the influence or something. I, I, I convince myself that I eat more ice cream than anybody <laughs> on the planet. You'd like to think that. No, I just like psych myself out. And I'm like, I think I eat way too much. And I'm like, how many pints of Ben and Jerry's do people eat on a weekly basis? And then I say like, what are you we talking about? Weekly basis? Who even eats it once a week? And sometimes I'm eating it day after day after day. So you're supposed to psych yourself up and be like, I eat a lot of popcorn. That's empty calories, I mean, I mean, though. Ice cream I mean, is ice very... Cream. We're talking about... It. We're... We're out, we're talking about ice cream. Sorry. Did you just Freudian <laughs> slip the word popcorn for ice cream? I I did because I was just I was just <laughs> all right. Cats out of the bag. I guess I was just I was you just were... eating popcorn. <laughs> Freud busted you, dude. <laughs> Freud busted me. I Somebody's was popcorn. got popcorn on the mind. <laughs> That's funny because uh, I was just eating a bag of titties, so I almost said that. Uh, well, where are you getting I mean, those chips. bags, huh? <laughs> I meant chips. Um, I almost just ate popcorn again, but I stopped myself. 
That might have been like the lamest old person Freudian slip ever. <laughs> <laughs> Popcorn, Do die, I mean ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, good. all right. What do you expect? I don't know. I don't expect anything anymore. Um, Adam Roth. Yes. Did you know? Now here's the the basic, the foundational. Jeremy Bullock played the original trilogy Boba Fett. Whenever he appeared, he was the dude in the suit. Um, doesn't get a lot of credit, I guess. I mean, I know I've know his name just because I'm into Star Wars, but I don't think a lot of people are like that. Jeremy Bullock, really good job playing Boba Fett. Nobody really cared because he was this mysterious bounty hunter and you weren't really supposed to know who was under it. That was beside the point. Um, and then, like you mentioned, later, Daniel Logan played him in episode two and he voiced him in the Clone Wars cartoon as well. He had a, a handful of appearances in that show, uh, like a slightly older Boba Fett than what we saw in episode two. And then Tamora Morrison played Jango Fett, the entire cl- clone army. Uh, like popular characters like Cody and Rex and all that stuff and um, now he's playing Boba Fett in the book of Boba Fett but the fun facts I got about him is did you know that um, Logan Daniel Logan and Tamora Morrison were on a show together called um, Shortland Street and it was a soap opera in New Zealand so it's kind of like the days of our lives in New Zealand. So they've actually have an IMDb screen credit in the same show. And it's kind of a cheat because this is one of those shows that has like hundreds and hundreds of episodes and you just kind of like show up on it. But you know, they're both from New Zealand. So they both were, you know, pursuing acting. So they both showed up on this um, soap opera together. And Morrison shared the screen with Harrison Ford in a movie who plays Han Solo, if you don't know that fun fact. Um, They were both in the movie Six Days, Seven Nights together. No shit. Oh, real shit. Real shit. Real shit. Yeah, that's that's real shit. That's like a loaded, did you know? I went deep. Yeah, there's there's some degrees of separation that you have... uh, you went and you went and you connected the dots, Jason. I'm, pr- I'm proud. I connected of you. some. I'm just curious. You know, there's so many people in Star Wars now. You wonder what Star Wars characters have appeared in other things like years and years ago together before they were both Star Wars famous. It's just interesting that you know Han Solo. I mean, obviously, was already a thing by by six days, seven nights. But uh, I don't know. I don't think Tamora Morrison was a household name quite yet. But now he's been in, like, Aquaman. He's in that show Frontier. He's pretty much the voice of Boba Fett in everything um, that that's ever featured Boba Fett. Is he? Video games, cartoons. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, all the video games. He uh, he makes a point to do it. It's like his character. He's like, I'm. he'll, he'll, he'll voice Jango Fett or Boba Fett almost any time he's offered the part. He's kind of like Hugh Jackman with what about- Wolverine. He's, he's like, I am Boba Fett. I am Jango Fett. I feel like the Bad Batch had one guy that was not Tamora Morrison doing it. The bad... Well, the Bad Batch is those clones that aren't quite... They're like the ones that weren't cooked right. Mm-hmm. So he, mm-hmm. he's not playing them, I don't think. Let's see. But if it's... But they, sti- but they still had Kiwi accents. Yeah, but he'll do like a, Commander Cody and Rex. I th- Not Rex. I don't know if he did Rex. Cody, for sure. Um, cause he played him in episode three 
and then the Clone Wars, and then a handful of video games like the Battlefront games, I think the Lego games, and then there's a, a you know some mobile app games that use voices. I saw he had a ton of credits for that kind of stuff. So I don't know. We'll have to like cross-reference some of those some of those things because the clones maybe get tricky. But when it's Django Fett or Boba Fett, he's all in. Good for him. Good for him yeah. for locking down the role to the extent that they went back and they changed Boba Fett's in the special edition. They changed Boba Fett's voice from Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back. Two thousand four. 2004 see those so, kind of uh, changes didn't bother me from the ni- the 90s stuff has some really rancid changes that i do not approve of like the java stuff and the singing little ditty that they did in return of the jedi but the little subtle things like that voice i thought was good i'm maybe i'm in the minority here but i liked that they added hayden christensen at the end of return of the jedi as the force ghost uh, i think people will like that more once he appears in obi-wan kenobi show and the ahsoka show um well yeah but the ewoks blink er erased erased sebastian shaw he's gone well he's not gone if you have a vhs player you can watch it all day long i don't know who has it anymore though i do i mean do you have it yeah of course, I never got rid of my Star Wars VHSs. That's what I—they're all—they they, kind of suck to watch, though. I watched them so much, they're all just like burn out. But I have them, so if I ever want to watch the unedited original trilogy, I've got my ticket. Um, I no, I could I could see both sides. I'm I'm glad. I guess it makes sense that Hayden is, you know, the Force Ghost. That he's yeah, you're, you're I mean, seeing you're seeing him when he was last good. Right. But I, I don't know. I just, uh, it's better than some old fart nobody knows. Come on now. Yeah, but you see him as when he takes off the helmet, you kind of see that face. So it's like, oh, this is what he would have looked like if, if he did not. Yeah, but that's weird. Like what he would have looked like if he didn't turn as a Jedi. So it was like more of an alternate reality force projection, not really the true projection. Mm, I don't. I don't agree. You wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, I that always. It was cool when there was nothing but the trilogy. I was like, oh wow, that's a pretty nice touch. That's cool. But yeah, once the prequels came out, it, it made a lot of sense to make that move. That's one thing I approved of. All right. Agree to disagree. No, I want to keep talking about it till you think the way I think. Uh huh. Uh huh. I want you right. to think that popcorn. Excuse me. You all right? No, sorry. I burped and it sounded like the word popcorn. Freudian Freudian belch. Yeah. Let's talk about the book of Boba Fett. Okay. So this technically started with The Mandalorian season 2. The introduction of new, older, Ben and Jerrier, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then we saw a little after credit scene where he shot Ben and Jerry, too much Ben and Jerry version, Bib Fortuna, to take on Jabba the Hutt's throne and take over his old turf. 
Enter the Book of Boba Fett. So here we are. We got a show that we thought, at least, was just about Boba Fett. How do you feel right. about the concept of a Boba Fett show? Fleshing out a character who is, um, I think, one of these Star Wars legacy characters that is mysterious and quiet and just looks cool. So he doesn't really beg to be fleshed out, in my opinion. But Disney is going to do it, damn it. So we're going to get a Boba Fett, more defined Boba Fett, whether we like it or not. I mean, it was sort of inevitable. He's become kind of an, the icon of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I mean, he always has been. People have been obsessed with Boba Fett forever. I went to a Star Wars celebration way back when. Um, I think it was like five or six years ago. And the joke was there's so many people dressed as Boba Fett and Mandalorians. It's just insane. There's just so many. People are obsessed with that look. And I, there were so many, I was just, I was making content for like my website at the time. I had like a pass to go. And I'm like, I'm just going to do a video called a hundred high fives with Mandalorians. Cause I could shoot that in like two seconds. There's so many of them. And I was going through the aisles, finding them and just had my buddy with a camera and I would high five them like high five, high five, high five. And then the, I didn't know this was happening, but they were doing a parade of people dressed as Mandalorians. And then I saw that in the distance, and I was like, oh, this video is done. And I just went, and it was like at the end of a baseball game. I was just high-fiving Mandalorians for like five minutes straight. <gasps> oh, Jesus. So this exists? Yeah, it's a video I have on uh, my old website, Neverending Radical Dude. Um, it's, it's on YouTube, but nobody watched my stuff, which is why the site doesn't really exist anymore, because nobody cared. But I think it's a good video. I'll have to check that out. That sounds yeah. extremely enticing. I'll maybe I'll link it on the uh, Facebook share when we share this episode. So if you're listening, go to my Facebook page and I'll throw it in the comments. Um, well, what I, what I was saying is it was sort of an inevitability, and uh, you know I loved Boba Fett. I still uh -huh. you know have a, have a soft spot for the character, but. I kind of felt like ever ever since he was introduced in Attack of the Clones, and I think I said this on our Phantom Menace episode, was it just felt kind of like why why is he involved in why is he the person involved in cloning? Why is why why does why does he have to be tied to the root you know the root of the empire and the root right. of the the empire's army? Why did it ha why did it have to be that way? He was but, just such a popular character. They wanted to just milk his teats. I, you know? I know, I know. And so that's what we got. And I think More I toys. always was... Huh? More toys. More toys. Um, I think I was always confused about why he had to always have a New, a New Zealand accent. Yeah. I didn't understand why that was a genetic, you know, relay. I didn't yeah. understand why, why every character... I, I thought it was like... You know, okay, the stormtroopers don't sound like that. So obviously there was something in between, which which they did go on to explain about the, you know, recruiting, how it switched over from clones to recruits. Right. Um, They're different. Yeah, those are just grunts. I just what didn't we would call trumpers that, in our world. I just I just thought it was such it was such a, the original Boba Fett voice, you know. Was just such a such a specific thing. And it had such a specific vibe 
that it, that going back and changing it was like, well, why couldn't he have just sounded that way? But I guess now that we have the Book of Boba Fett, it's like, well, it it just that's just the way it went. He had to he took over the role. Mm-hmm. He's in any in any appearance of him, he, it's going to be Tamora Morrison. He's a New Zealand actor. Good for him. Um, but uh, I didn't necessarily. I think my gut feeling was it didn't necessarily need to be. I was I was curious to see what the story was they wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. And so now that we have Book of Boba Fett, uh, I'm still I'm still kind of curious about the story that they wanted to tell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with what you're saying about that, but like at the end of the day, I honestly, I got, I just don't care. The voice stuff, I don't give a shit. Like, it's no, fine. it's not, it's like, not that big a deal. It's the the, the voice change. That's something thing nobody nothing. thought about, like until like now, maybe. Like, I don't know. I don't think people were like, oh, his voice is different. I don't think people cared that much. I, I could be wrong. I mean, I I did. I I was like, but, but oh, what man, does it that affect? Specific voice. Is it just? It just affects head? how he's. Yeah, because the first time, the first time that we ever heard him, you mm-hmm. know, it was like, you it know, it cool. was the specific, uh, you know, he's no good to be dead. He had this right. this very specific voice. Right. And okay, for his three you gotta lines. change it. Okay. Or his one fine. line. It's three lines. <laughs> yeah. He's no good. Yeah. So I mean, um, that's fine. They, the fact that we had to have this, the ever presence of Boba Fett in our star wars was sort of i guess an inevitability and it, and it's george lucas that did it so if he you know and he's the he's the creator it's so if he wanted to do it like that i guess that's what we got it's what he wanted uh, i thought it was kind of cool i didn't mind that he was introduced in the way he was in attack of the clones i was just kind of like okay they're just trying to add him to this like lore in a more significant way give him some gravity and some like history which I thought was kind of cool. But then, you know, the turning point in episode two is when Mace Windu lobs his dad's head off, Jango Fett, right in front of him. And he, like, picks up his head, and he's, like, sitting in the arena. And to me, I thought that was a cool, like, inflection point for him to become, like, just this ruthless. Like, I don't, I just, he lost his innocence in that moment. And he's just like, I just don't give a shit anymore. So that was the first domino that led him down the path to become this ruthless i don't give a fuck bounty hunter and it would make sense that he would be quiet and ruthless and just kind of turn to the underbelly of the star wars universe at that point and just have this hatred towards jedi and just be generally salty at everything in the galaxy so i thought that was like cool but then we see him a few times in clone wars um which and he's still just kind of this angsty teeny kind of kid um but then now that we're in Boba Fett, we got like a book of Boba Fett. We got a much softer, like fleshed out version. Not that fleshed out. They didn't do a ton of stuff, but they did enough to make him take his helmet off a shitload and talk a lot and have some heart. And to me, I think the theme of the show is finding your tribe. And I think he learned the lessons of the value of a good tribe with the Tusken Raiders. And then they got slaughtered. And then the rest of the show is him um identifying and discovering his new tribe that he wants to build on Tatooine. So I thought that was like kind of an interesting theme, but kind of weird for somebody that's notorious for being a loner. Yeah, it felt it felt 
like they had to shoehorn a story into Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. And so it was, yeah, I mean, objectively, it's an interesting arc, but I just feels it just feels a little bit at odds with the Boba Fett that we all knew and love. Yeah, you know what you uh, know what I blame the most for the two reasons why we're not getting the Boba Fett we want is what's that? The Mandalorian himself is basically what people want Boba Fett to be, like his demeanor and the way he like fights people and like he's a, he's an actual bounty hunter. Um, and Fennec Shand, who is kind of also kind of like what we want Boba Fett to be like, just this precision murdering machine that doesn't really think twice and is just like kind of looking for the next score, you know? So, so they already, they already blew their, their, their Boba Fett load. You're saying they blew their Boba load on. (laughs) Sounds so horrible saying out loud, say that three times fast, blew your Boba load. Um, Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. Um, Yeah. I think a lot of the cool character traits and like potential like arcs or potential like moments that would have been fantastic with Boba Fett happened with the Mandalorian and Fennec Shan. So I'm kind of like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And then seeing them all together, it just felt like it was, it was, there was, yes, there was a moment of like, Oh, cool. But then it just felt like, there was a uh, redundance right Um, like they're all kind of when you mash them up together they're kind of boba fett it's all boba fett right yeah they're all they're all feeding off of why people like boba fett and then they're all together and it's like wait a minute which one do i like more who am i supposed to like like arguably boba fett is like the weakest character out of the three with the least cool action sequences like it's kind of weird like I agree. I think of that. And I think of that scene in the first season of The Mandalorian, where the Mandalorian is like a heist gone wrong, and he's like shooting people, and then he like pulls that guy into the door, and it like cuts him in half off screen. You remember that? Oh yeah. Like imagine Boba Fett doing that. That to me, that would be like per. That's like that's fucking Boba Fett, you know? Right. But that's but, uh, but Mandalorian, Mandalorian. kind of stole his thunder. But it's weird because the Mandalorian can find that balance of heart and ruthlessness like he's when he fights he's ruthless and he's murdering people a lot and he's killing people a lot and he's still going on collecting bounties a lot but then he's got this aspect of him that's very heartfelt with Grogu and Grogu's kind of like teaching him what it is to love somebody and and find like a companion and caring about something other than yourself blah 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 like those are all fantastic ways to Root to to kind of develop Boba Fett, but they but they blew their load on the Mandalorian, so they couldn't do it again. And I think the writers found that out probably while they were writing. They're like, "Oh shit, we know people want this, but we kind of already wrote all the coolest stuff that we would have written for Boba Fett." <laughs> yeah, and pretty much four episodes into the book of Boba Fett, it kind of became a Mandalorian show. I mean, that's the elephant then... in the room, in my opinion. It that was jarring, yeah, dude. It was jarring. Yes, it was very jarring. I mean, I liked it. I, I mean, I at least was entertained because Mm -hmm. the Mandalorian, I think, and everything, everything to do with that that narrative thread, I feel like was at least there were some interesting things going on there. You know, we got the armor, we got the, you know, knight of broken glass or tears. Night it's of like t- a, yeah. 
it's a eurythmic song or something. <laughs> just... um, you know, and that all that was pretty cool. But then once, you know, for two episodes, we returned to the world of Boba Fett. It was like, oh, man. All right. We're going back to this shit now. Yeah. I, I honestly felt kind of like I didn't want to spend more time with Boba Fett. I felt like but the writers whole... didn't want to spend more time with Boba Fett. Yeah. And it was it just became about him building his 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 gang and then we had one episode of them all kind of working together and it was like especially after the penultimate episode to end with just this sort of battle episode yeah it felt a big, little bit anticlimactic kind of a weird brawl episode yeah i think and i don't know what boba fett was really doing to help he was kind of just hiding and asking people for help and then they were doing it like he went to the Freetown, but like what the fuck is Freetown? it's like a bunch of hicks on a truck that'd be like me going to danny's house and getting the boys put put down your beers and let's go fight the nerds it was like 12 people so like the the, the only person in that town that's worth a shit got blasted so it's like okay great now we just have this rootin tootin truck of nobodies from Freetown. i don't know the and then the vespa gang that's stupid the mods shit. the mods i hate that stuff don't get me i mean we'll talk about it but i don't know my point is like fennec kind of got a bunch of stuff and then i mandalorian came and helped out a lot it, it was just kind of strange well let's strange. let's do it let's let's talk about the mods well to me this was the first like I was digging it enough. Like, I wasn't super into the show yet. I was watching it with uh, my wife, and she was really into it from the get-go because she really likes the Tusken Raider arc. She was, um, but I was kind of, like, half-impressed with episode one and two. And then the Vespa gang showed up, and I was just... That was, like, the jump-the-shark moment to me. Like, it was... It stuck out like a sore thumb, especially for Tatooine. Like, that's something that should... If, if we're on Coruscant, that's, sure. That's Coruscant. That, yeah, that's yeah, Coruscant that, stuff. That makes sense. And why would somebody with a Coruscant mentality like come to Tatooine and start? Like, I'm sure some people can argue it. And some someone was trying to convince me it was an ode to American graffiti. And I'm like, okay, yeah. let's pretend that you're right and it is an ode to American graffiti. What a stupid fucking ode. And way out of place like you don't have this desert town that's all ratty and drab and then have a american graffiti 1960s car racing ode what the fuck i mean i i see what you're saying i i appreciate that, that they were trying to push the aesthetic into some new area i yeah. appreciate what they were trying to do you know i it was very cyberpunk it was very cyberpunk court like you sure. said coruscant uh, you know, so that aesthetic already kind of exists in Star Wars. Totally. But once you put it, once you put it, once you put it on Tatooine, yeah, it sticks out, and it's like, why? Or is that this, shitty planet from Last there? Jedi with all the money flying all over the place. Oh yeah, the 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 Las Vegas planet. Yeah, what's it called? Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. But um, I'll think of it. It's it's um it's it'll a, come to us. Don't look it up. One can't, of us has to. Uh, it's Canto Bite. Canto Bite. That's right. Canto, Canto Bite. Um, weird name. It would have been fine there. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what they were trying to do, and 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 I I guess, 
I can't I can't shit on it because I think that they were trying to add another flavor Adam. in there. I just don't think it worked. Adam. It was the slowest chase I've ever seen on screen. It, no, the chase was bad. The aesthetic was weird, but I I I like I was waiting the for like idea. them to drive through like a, a a chicken crate or something. Well, they basically drove through <laughs> like a, a Ralph McQuarrie painting of Jabba the Hutt. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Like yeah. Oh, actual, we're just like, crossing the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that. It's like a paned glass. Like, the, oh, let's, yeah. let's cross the street now. <laughs> oh, my. No. It was a lackluster, lazy action sequence featuring something that stuck out like a sore thumb, featuring characters that were presented as completely badass that were anything but. It was ludicrous. It was completely ludicrous. I hated it. You hated it? Wow. I hated um, it. Yeah, I, I, was, I, was, I wasn't too impressed. I mean, I guess I was just trying to sort of give them the benefit of, of trying to come up with a... I always like when they when they sort of push what Star Wars can be. I, I, I am, I'm interested in that idea of how far you can push it before it starts feeling not like Star Wars. Last Jedi. And yeah, yeah, that's an example of it. Um, well, yeah, that's that's another conversation. But BB-8 controlling an AT-ST. Come on. Yeah, but how about R two D two flying the X wing, dropping off Grogu? I mean, I mean, stupid. Yeah. Also, because um, they and, want you to think it's Luke again, but they just did that in Mando season two, so they're just like, we can't have Luke come to the rescue again. So let's just have R two uh, Uber Grogu that, over to Tatooine. That one Twi'lek, like servant guy who's like really you know the one that was in this last episode he the was like, the uh mock size mock major domo very very uh i gotta say uh, very annoying he's a horrible character him and amy sedaris's character i think are very yeah, when, very poor when they, when they when they were together it was just like oh my god just Get them out well, of you there. know they've they were in a show together. Um, those really ho- those two actors. Do, yeah, have you ever seen that show? Uh, what's it called? Um, at home with Amy Sedaris. Nope. I love Strangers with Candy, like where she was like kind of came to fame. Um, I, I think she's a hilarious comedian. I think she's not great in the show. I don't I don't like her that much in the show. Um, but yeah, those two were in quite a few. You know, they were in they were in quite a few scenes together in another show, so I think that was more of like a favor, probably like maybe there's a big fan of Amy Sedaris and then Amy Sedaris gets her buddy in there and so yeah, he was a he's like a comedy actor. But yeah, they I both shouldn't be in this show. I, I don't I don't like it. Yeah, there was definitely awkwardness when they were when they were both on screen. Yeah, um, and then they were trying to like allude to some kind of like love interest or something. Is that what they were trying to do? Well, during one of the chases, when they like pick him up, and she she said some just like she complimented his tentacles or something, and then basically told him he was handsome, and then he got in the car and he's like, ooh, yeah, it was awkward. I, see, I I think I totally missed that because there was th- this last episode, which is Bananas. probably the most fresh in both of our minds, right? Um, was just so much just 
just shooting of things and people falling out of off of rafters it was like if a 10 year old has a bunch of toys from like different franchises and they're just like battling it was like and now the big robot and then a and then King Kong, and then and then, King, and then yeah, and then King Kong, and then he eats a he eats a land speeder, and he throws he it. Throws it. Yeah, it's it's like it's kind of like the writer's room at Fast and Furious movies or something. It's just like yeah. And then <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they just if they just mapped out the whole. They just were playing with action figures, and they that's how they set everything up. Yeah, part of me appreciates that it was totally just like a ten-year-old's like wet dream battle. If like he had all the toys he ever wanted. Yeah, but it was just it became kind of numbing after a while, and it was and I, I kind of stopped paying attention a little bit. Well, the thing that bothered me about the final fight in episode seven was like, it was cool to have brief moments with like back-to-back Mando. Boba Fett fighting and stuff like that, but then like you get these ro- once the robots show up. Plus the, you have to admit the villains in the show. There's a huge villain problem with this show. Um, the main villains were kind of hard to identify. If you read a lot of the, the extended universe the stuff, the Pike Syndicate, like you understand what they are and like what they're doing in the galaxy with the spice trade and stuff, and that kind of connects with some of the stuff in like Rise of Skywalker and the you know. Poe Dameron's friend, I forget her name, um, the Spice Runners or whatever. So, so I, I can see why they're like connecting it, but um, there's a huge villain problem. It, in my opinion, this show's villain should have been those those Hut siblings or cousins. Yeah, the they kind of just push. They just kind of shoved them off the sides. They just they like were, this is not worth gone. it. We left, but like the Huts would not leave Tatooine. It's like their main. Tr- it's like their main revenue stream and like i don't know i have a hard time figuring out how bib fortuna took it in the first place if boba fett has a hard time what is bib doing maybe his connections i don't know um but it would have been a lot more intriguing of a season if those huts were up to more than just kind of being a threat and then giving him a gift and then leaving yeah i no we saw danny trejo once and he was gone it was uh, just a raincore keeper that gave just up just a raincore keeper. Yeah. Still, it was just like you got got Danny Trejo in there. You should uh, have him hang around yeah. a little bit. I forget what I was saying initially. I, I had a thought and I totally lost it. But did um, it have to do with the did it have to do with the book of Boba Fett? Something about popcorn, I think. Oh right, right. No, I don't know. Basically, what we got here was episode one through four was decent, like, okay, not super offensive, maybe unnecessary Boba Fett story. I think I did like the one episode where they we got a really good look at, like, he went back and annihilated the Sarlacc pit, and we got, like, a good look at what it is in there. That's kind of like a, you know, as a kid, you're always curious. It's kind of cool to, like, get in the belly of the beast and see the wreckage from return of the jedi surrounding it like there were some cool nods in that in that one um and then yeah episode five and six was just mandalorian 2.5 and yeah they were this is what bothers me the most about those two episodes as far as like star wars content goes they were fantastic episodes in my opinion they were very intriguing and fun and they pushed the narrative forward and they had really they showed us really cool big things that affect a lot of the galaxy 
uh, and you know Grogu and Luke Skywalker with Ahsoka talking about his dad like some of that stuff was like amazing Star Wars fan service and amazing Star Wars lore like happening but it was so jarring because it's in the middle of a show completely unrelated like it's like this is supposed to be the book of Boba Fett and in those two episodes he showed up for maybe 12 seconds that was weird I know that was I know but it's frustrating because it was such good TV it was great TV but it was not it was so strange to be episode five and six of a show that really had nothing to do with that yeah it was very it was very strange to be spending time a big chunk on on luke's jedi temple planet um like just don't have mando come back to tatooine make it a five episode series and just take out like that would have been great and then give us disney plus special like in between episodes like while you're waiting for season three here's two more episodes and just call it the mandalorian you know yeah, but I guess they're trying to stretch it out into different uh, character IP domains. Uh, and there's obviously overlap, and we're probably going to be seeing more and more overlap as as we get subsequent series is coming. That's right. I think Luke looked way better than he did in Mandalorian. Yeah, I was, he, looked, I was, he looked way they, better. They to, the, to the extent lo- that they should go back and redo it. I think that's uh, what I was going to say is they should go back to Mandalorian and and just, what is it, five minutes of screen time or something? Like, just redo that because it looked pretty convincing. I was was pretty impressed this time around. I was not impressed. I was impressed with the fight scene when he was cloaked, but when he took his mask off, I was like, Um, (laughs) even though I knew it was coming somehow. Um, Um, What did you think of the voice? Because you know that the voice was apparently synthesized yeah it was it was it was like it was i don't think it was mark hamill doing it really he gets the credit but apparently it was like they they use they used a program that sort of uh um amalgamated you know different 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 tonalities and things that mark hamill had said when he was younger (laughs) and it like applied it to i'm hungry yeah, yeah. How young? Mama. Uh, he just <laughs> takes his clothes off. Mama, I'm hungry. So, so young. So he's very young. <laughs> um, I don't know. I thought the voice was fine. I thought. I think it's interesting that this, the lack of technology to make this convincing is kind of shaping the type of Jedi that he is. Because it, they're like, we'll just make him really quiet and more reserved and contemplative and like kind of distant because he can't really be as animated as he was in the original trilogy. Like, yeehaw, I'm like, woohoo, no. Like, all the, he was very expressive in the movies. But in, now well, this he's... Is, this is Master Jedi. Now right. it's Master this Jedi. Is... So yeah, he's going to be a very don't-move-your-face or <laughs> emote kind of Jedi just because it kind of has to for it to work. I thought it worked in that episode. Oh, it was fantastic. It was just the training of, sequence it was just and kind just... Of, conversation yeah it was just like you said it was jarring that it was in the middle of a book of it was just a big detour a big yeah. uh, fan fan service nostalgia nostalgia infusion detour yeah. but it was glorious fan service yeah, like was, I, even cool. the cheap even if it was a little cheap it was it felt great i was like this is 
after you know it's therapeutic after the last jedi kind of smacked us around a little bit i'm kind of like and i think this is therapeutic for mark hamill as well because he felt you know he's been very vocal about what they did to the character luke skywalker he wasn't super jazzed about it um so i think this is very therapeutic for the creators like dave filoni and john favreau and also mark hamill himself and you know fans like you and i that weren't super on board with last jedi and just kind of want to see hero luke a little bit more than disheveled failure luke right yeah right nice to see the hero a hero again it was it was nice um yeah that was cool but again it's just why what happened what what, what's boba fett's story and you know they it was pretty much laid out in the first couple episodes with this with this whole tuscan arc Tuscan mm-hmm. Raider arc. They were building his yeah. character. Like I thought it was like it wasn't like perfect, but it was it made a little bit of sense. But I think um, after the Tuscan Raider stuff, it was like that's it. That's yeah. <laughs> once his, once they were murdered, it was kind of like mm, now he's just wandering again. What's did he learn that much? I don't. know. He learned how to like fight with a stick. Gaffy stick. Yeah. That was cool when they showed him when they showed him making it. The whole the whole initiation rite of passage it, thing it was that, was, cool. that was cool and it was a little bit better representation of the tuscan raiders than just these simpleton like tribal like you know they're kind of they're kind of monsters in the original yeah, trilogy and the prequels bar- they're just ruthless barbarous. Bar- barbarous murderers so showing them as compassionate with fam like you know the families and i don't know i think it's it's good because it's better representation for like the tribal nature of the Tuscan Raiders, and it's also interesting um, when you like rewatch like Revenge of the Sith or something, and and you you see Luke go into that Tuscan Raider camp and slaughter them, and he's talking about killing the women and the children. It kind of is like, oh man, that's like now that we know that some of these tribes are like way more peaceful and blah blah blah. That one wasn't though. That one was doing pretty shitty things to Shmi. And took right. uh, Clegg's legs. Or his Clegg's legs. Right Clegg's legs are dangling from a tent somewhere in Tatooine still. It's um, a new restaurant. Yeah, I... Clegg's, Clegg's legs. legs. <laughs> Barbecue Clegg's legs. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, that's what happens when you have a kid. That's your, That's the funniest thing you ever hear. Well... Hey, is Max Rebo dead? I think he got blown up again. He got blown up again. He, I thought he got... So, correct me if I'm wrong, but the skiff in Return of the Jedi, that blew up the corpse of Jabba the Hutt, Bib Fortuna, the entire Max Rebo band, tons of Weequay guards, like, Boba Fett got eaten. Like, how did... Can I see how Max Rebo survived that? Did he hop off that skiff and crawl around in the sand for a while? Did he get adopted by Tuscan Raider tribe? Like, how did, how did Max fucking Rebo get off the skiff and survive while Boba Fett barely could get away with it? What is that dude plan? I think I think his um, his piano. <laughs> sort sort of sort his of, fingers uh, are straws. There's just like nutrients that can last him for weeks. <laughs> I think he just kind of retracted inside of his piano thing, which must Ew. be made of of beskar or something. And it just it just uh, he was just hurled 
from the explosion into the sands of Tatooine. <laughs> I just don't get it. And then they had to blow his ass up again. Like, uh, I don't know why. Like, I don't think anyone survived that explosion. But right. the explosion from the skiff was enormous. Do you remember that? What what caused that explosion, by the way? Uh, it was like a package or something that that, that was some of the uh... no no in Return of the Jedi. Oh, um, uh, something with po- pointed at the deck. Pointed at the deck. Really? Yeah, remember pointed at the deck. Okay, I guess. I don't know. I don't and remember. They, pointed at the deck. They, <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Where? Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. I I think something about shooting, shooting the uh, barge caused okay. it to explode. All right. Very volatile. Things in Star Wars just blow up. You just hit them in the right spot, they blow. They blow up. Yeah. And things. Maybe uh, and th- Gale, Galen, Galen Erso built the uh, skiff, and there was a weakness built in it. Right. Galen and his little loopholes. <laughs> I built this skiff. If you shoot it anywhere on the f- deck, it will just be the biggest explosion you've ever seen. Um, that sounds about right. I still, yeah. I mean, Max Rebo. How did I? I don't know. It just feels cheap. They're like, oh, we're just gonna make this character we live. We'll figure it out. Some comic book will explain it later. That's Star Wars. It's true. Yeah, look, read the comic books, and you'll figure out how Max Rebo survived. There's gonna be some kind of spackle, some kind of narrative spackle that you're gonna have to. You know, which which in a lot of ways, you know, the the Clone Wars was that to the prequels, yeah. the Clone Wars show, you know, really mm-hmm. filled in out. a lot of those things and made it make sense. Yeah. Well, we need to get a Max Rebo show. Max, the survival of Max Rebo. Unless it's just going to be some ongoing joke and he just keeps showing up in cantinas throughout the years. He's just he's a survivor. Maybe it's something about his skin. It's like explosion proof. Elef- he's elephant skin. He's kind of elephantine, right? He's like the kingpin. Right, right. You can just beat the shit out of him, run him over, shoot him in the heart with an arrow, shoot him in the face, and he just gets up again and starts playing the keyboard. Says playing that, playing those keys. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um, yeah, so I think we can agree the show had a huge identity crisis with both the narrative arc and the character of Boba Fett. I think, I think both of them have not been thought about enough before the production of this show. I agree. Um, Which makes me sad. Like, I'm not rooting against this show. I want the show to be awesome. And I like, I like Tamora Morrison as Boba Fett. I don't think he's horrible. I think... Some people were giving him some flack, saying he's not charismatic enough and he's not leading man material. But I'm like, these are the same people that froth over the Mandalorian, who's arguably one of the most vapid, like characterless characters in the Star Wars universe. Like he didn't really start building his character up until that Grogu stuff way later. Um. Yeah, I mean, but like, like, like we said, he's sort of. Mandalorian kind of was the the fulfillment of our original idea of Boba Fett, right? You know, and he sort of was that sort of silent Boba sort Lord. of you know, and 
you know, gunslinger. Yeah. I was happy to see Cad Bane. I know you didn't watch the Clone Wars that much or um, Rebels, but he was a pretty big, you know, recurring character. No, wasn't he? Wasn't he in Bad Batch? He was in one episode of Bad Batch. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah but no, he's I, been I, he's been in all of these shows. He's he's an awesome character. I have a couple of his toys. He he makes a good toy. Um, they brought him in and they killed him. Uh, yeah, that was so frustrating. He's such a cool character to have around, especially if they're going to do more seasons of Boba Fett. Like, I did notice that, like, I did notice they weren't really saying season before the show came out, but I think on Disney Plus, if you look now, it says end of season one. So they're alluding to another season of it, I guess, and it set itself up for another season. He's the now, now he's actually doing what he went to Tatooine to do. So now the show's about him ruling, I guess. Right. They could do the whole, um, you know, more syndicates, blah, 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 huts, any, anything, get roped into whatever adventures. I I don't know. I just wish he was a bounty hunter, plain and simple, traveling the galaxy like Mandalorian did. That can, you, can you confirm, is this the first time that we've seen the Pike Syndicate without their helmets? I'm not sure. I don't they're always kind of boring to me. I don't pay a lot of attention to the Pike Syndicate. They're so they're so boring. They're so yeah. boring. They're just kind of like greedy. That's about it. That's like their only stock. They, they just they just want money. Stock. Yeah, and then they just like sit in like these rooms off to the side and they're like I killed all these things and he does like they went like why would you even reveal that? Why would you talk like why would you reveal a secret to a ruthless bounty hunter that has sharp teeth? Like, it's just stupid. I don't know. But yeah, the Pikes were not an interesting threat <laughs> whatsoever. So boring. Yeah. It's Star Wars we're talking about. They could, so many things. I'm telling you, the huts, that would have been gold, man. Yeah. R really show us the power of the huts like they're not to be messed with and then Boba Fett messes with them and then they're just like we're sorry uh, here's the rancor peace it's, that is not very hut like from what I understand of the hut people the rancor fighting those like were those like destroyer droids were those droid deca droid, droid decas. Uh, I mean I don't think they were they were just kind of like those but bigger I mean, it's pretty much the same thing. They're just, you know, it's more threatening because it's bigger. Didn't they look highly Terminator aesthetic? Totally, yeah. They were very Terminator with the red eye. Then, like the you the red car, eye. I thought that. Car I, I thought that was eye. very. Was that supposed to be Pike? Um, technology, like what? What, I think what was it's their just deal? Money, like money buys. You know, you got money, you can buy stuff like that, and just. I don't know why they didn't lead with that. Like, if the Pikes wanted to rule Tatooine, shouldn't they have just dispatched those things right away? Yeah. Why don't they ever start with this stuff? Like, Boba Fett could have gotten on that Rancor apparently at any time, it sounds like. Like, like if you're going to, like, prepare for war, I would be hopping on that Rancor immediately. I wouldn't be like, I'll be right back. Did you Did you like that they've now established... A ca another catchphrase in Star Wars with do it do it do it doesn't he say that doesn't doesn't Boba say that to uh yeah, but is that a Palpatine throwback I don't know 
I that's that's kind of how I took it. Do it. It's just a, do it. <laughs> do it when he when he says it to the rancor or whatever to. Uh, to Can like I say the... this? We'll talk about this later when we eventually cover Revenge of the Sith, which is maybe episode seventy-five. <laughs> I don't know, or no, hundred would be a hundred. Um, that's one of the coolest scenes in Star Wars history to me. Is when uh, Anakin destroys Dooku. Oh my god, I love it. It's like pre-Palpatine, what just watching and like learning about, like just watching the potential of him and like pushing him to turn, and then he's just like cuts Dooku's hands off and then scissors his head off. That's crazy. Do it. Do it. And then he's like, you can hear the ripping like cord of the lightsaber burn through Dooku's head, especially after you watch the Clone Wars. Dooku's in like everything. He's in that show so much. And then just the end result is him getting slaughtered, completely slaughtered by Anakin. That's crazy. That was ruthless. It's oh. pretty, uh, pretty gruesome Star Wars. I loved it. The two hands. You always see all these pussies cutting off one hand. He got two hands off and then his head. Yeah. Poor Dooku. Sorry. I got I got carried away there. I apologize. Um, did we cover most of of Book of Boba Fett? I think so. I'm not sure. I didn't really take notes or anything, so I don't know. I think I'm curious what's next. Um, I'm curious if there's another season or if we'll see him. Maybe he's just established and he'll pop up in Mandalorian from time to time, because Mandalorian's all about like adventure of the week, you know. So right. maybe there's a mission where they got to pull in and go to Tatooine and get some help, and he'll be established. Um, curious if we'll see Boba Fett in the new Obi-Wan show. Maybe that's a chance for Daniel Logan to come back as Boba Fett, a younger Boba Fett. True, huh? That could be interesting, because, you know, it's set on Tatooine. Boba Fett claims it's his home and what he cares about the most, and we know he's working for Jabba the Hutt, and Hutt's alive at this time, um, you know, 10 years, I think, after Return of the Jedi. So, oh no, he's not around. Never mind. Um, it's before. I'm getting my timelines completely confused. But yeah, sure. the uh, the huts could be around. Like Jabba's technically in control at that point, right? I guess. Yeah. I guess. Well, if he was in control in in the Phantom Menace, and then in he was still in control in uh, Return. Return of the Jedi. So yeah, so. How can we not see Jabba the Hutt in the Obi-Wan show? Like, is it possible to do a show on Tatooine without even showing Jabba the Hutt? That would be interesting. Greedo. Yes, we'll, see. we'll see soon. There's a poster. We just got a poster. Is it the walking on the sand, that thing? Walk, walking on the sand. It's my desktop background. Is it? It is. <laughs> I plucked yeah. it. I got a, if you pluck it from starwars.com, just like pull the image off of it, it takes the text off for you because it's layered. So it's just the pure image. It's pretty cool. Oh, sweet. I did that and I was like, whoa, Twin Suns, Disho. He looks like he's like the dude from Big Lebowski. We're going to get the dude, the dude, the dude, you know, oh shit, I can't do it. Tatooine, sand dunes, sand dunes, dune. Sand dude. The sand dude. Dude. Sand dude. The dudes of Tatooine. Yeah. The dudes. I, I think I get what you're trying to do there. You see what I'm doing, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I think we sound pretty disappointed in this show, but I enjoyed watching it week to week. I was hopeful week to week. 
maybe I need to let it sit for a little bit and rewatch it or something, but there's no avoiding that crazy five, six episode shift. That's just so weird to me. It was pretty weird. Pretty jarring. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I still enjoyed those uh, heaping food spoonfuls of fan service. Uh, I'll take but it. But it was just, it was just a little bit uh, jarring in the middle yeah, of they a went back Boba Fett's arc. Yeah, you think like it's case closed, okay, and then they're back there, and it's like even more. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. So and I guess now, Grogu's going to Grogu... be a Mandalorian. I guess. What is with Luke? Like, I don't understand all these rules that these Jedi have. Is he reading the Jedi books? Or, like, where is he coming up with these rules? Mm. Like, you can't have armor and a lightsaber? Why not? You'd just be a complete badass. I guess I guess they were more... The codes. They were more paths. Symbolic. They were symbolic uh, objects. How dare they? How dare they tease us, Grogu, with Yoda's lightsaber? Only a Sith deals in absolutes. How did... I mean, we have no idea how that... The last time we saw that lightsaber, it was falling in the Coruscant Senate chamber. He lost it fighting uh, Palpatine. That didn't stop Luke's lightsaber from coming back after his hand how fell they explain down the shaft, that. the shaft of Bespin. I have the comics that explain how he got that. He went back to Bespin to get it. Um, right. There you go. Comic book spackle. The comic, it's the comic book spackle. We're going to get a comic book spackle for Yoda's lightsaber. Someone's going to be in the ruins of the Senate chamber. Right. But doesn't the Senate just... I don't know. Is it gone once Palpatine? I guess it's just not a thing anymore. It's a pretty big room. Like, what does that turn into? Just you have to rent it out for like parties and stuff. Like, Events. what does that room yeah, turn into? Right. Corrosant, corrosant raves. Like big, big uh, weddings or something. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. 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 Well. My last note is props to the Book of Boba Fett for casting the two leads, Boba Fett and Fennec Shan. They're both pretty much 60, 59 and 61, I think. So our heroes in this show are pretty much 60-year-old. That's pretty cool. That is cool. You don't see that that often. It's always just the young hotness, you know? No, it's good. It's 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 that's That's Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars with our kind of uh, the not not the young hotness, you know, in the lead. You should have till the Vespas show up. The everyman. Till the yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. not. Let's try to let's try to block those ones out. I'm trying. I did like it a little bit more when I le- when I watched the show Yellow Jackets, because the girl oh, cause is the is one of the Thatcher. stars. Yeah, she's like the star of Yellow Jackets, pretty much. So I was like. It was more tolerable the second episode they showed up because I was like, oh yeah, I like that actress now because of Yellow Jackets. She's really good in that show. Right. Which you um, refuse to finish. What'd you say? Which you won't finish. Or you mean? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. I gotta make a bonus episode on Yellow Jackets. I gotta do that. It's on my to-do list. Talk, talk to myself like Schmeagle. That's great, though. Yeah, little bonus Schmeagol episodes from time to time. I can just have an angry voice and a happy voice, and I'll just 
Try and pretend I'm you when it's the angry voice. <laughs> no, you're you're channeling you're channeling um, breaking the waves. Remember? I remember. Hey, kudos to anybody that listened to that episode, by the way. Hell yeah. That's a lot of time to talk about a show that or a movie that's kind of hard. Like it's hard enough to watch that movie, let alone have other people talk about it for an hour. Great movie. Is it? It's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Book of Boba Fett. Hey, that was two Star Wars episodes in a row. We're finally delivering on our promise. We said we'd talk about Star Wars more than anything, and it took us 50 episodes to actually... I mean, we did Star Wars Visions, our very first episode. We did episode. Visions. We... Did we do... Did we were we yet doing Mandalorian? We just did season two, right? No, our very first episode was just talking about just the finale of Mandalorian season two. No, nothing else. Huh. We had a lot to unpack because of Luke's appearance. We were just really jazzed, so it was kind of like what cat. It's kind of what started the podcast in a way. Was the conversations we had around the Mandalorian. And here we are, back with the Mandalorian. Episode 51. Took 50 50 weeks for us to mention the Mandalorian again. But here we are. Here we are. Well, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, that's it. Be sure to listen to uh, episode 50, Phantom Menace, if you haven't yet. I thought it was a really good episode. Extended episode, extended edition, our longest episode ever. So, you know, you can break it up into three parts if you want. Uh, well, uh, you know. <laughs> duh. <laughs> you know, duh. <laughs> I think you just fell asleep for a minute. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, until next time, Adam Roth, have popcorn dreams and caviar nights. And to you too, Jason Fury. I don't know. All right. I'm leaving. Goodbye. Goodbye.